That's the sound of the coffee pouring. Welcome to the Doctor's Brew. I'm your host, Dr. Abdelaziz Al Khayyat. And joining us today is Dr. Bassam Al Mullah. Welcome. It's, I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, so, uh, today's topic is going to be about fitness and uh, medicine. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I know I say this all the time that I couldn't have found a more perfect guest for this. And uh, this time, like, legit, legit, because we have uh, a legit bodybuilder with us, right? Yes. Uh, competitions and all competitions and everything yes we do it all so let's dive into it tell us a bit of a background who you are where you studied um, and you know your bodybuilding whatever yeah yeah um, so my name is Bassam Mullah I recently graduated from University of Manchester with you mm. actually wow it's been a long time huh uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now we're both working in Amiri hospital in Kuwait mm. We just finished our internal medicine rotation. Literally like two days ago? Two days ago. Two days ago. That yeah, was yeah. fun, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Definitely was not Are you happy fun. to move on? Well, I am ecstatic. I'm over the moon. That really? <laughs> I hated every second of it, to be <sighs> honest. Oof, oof. Laying, <laughs> laying in hard on Amiri. <laughs> no, it's not about Amiri. It's just medicine itself. It's like, you feel like you're not doing anything there. It's... Uh, it's like mostly geriatric, mm. number one. I was on the female side. In Kuwait, okay. if you guys don't know, um, the hospital is split into like male and female side, mm. understandably. Mm. And uh, I was put on the female side. So I spent four months with basically grandmas, <laughs> which was nice and all, but <laughs> it just gets repetitive, you know? You just mm. keep seeing the same stuff over and over, UTIs, mm. pneumonias. And uh, after a while, it gets boring. Now, okay, fine. We ha- heard the medicine background. Tell us, Ilhain, a little bit about your uh, bodybuilding. Okay. So I started going to the gym when I was like 18, mm. just like everyone else, you know. I High was school or foundation? Uh, foundation. Okay, foundation okay. year. I started going, so 18, 19, kind of. The beginning uh, felt like you know everyone how everyone who starts this they're always like not happy with the way they look mm. i was definitely overweight when i was a child and up to really uh, yeah i had no idea <laughs> i when i was a child i weighed the same that i do now and Oof. i weigh 95 now Oof. so 95 kilos i used to that was me when i was a kid mm. so i was definitely on the heavy side mm. um didn't do anything about it until I was like 18, 19. I was like, hmm, maybe we should, you know, try to do something. <laughs> so I started going to the gym here and there, blah, blah. It was just, it wasn't anything serious or anything. And then fast forward the years, I reached a point where I was like, hmm, I'm very invested in this now. Mm. And maybe it's time to take it up a notch mm. and try to compete, try to do something professional about it. Yeah, so you, you went professionally into bodybuilding, right? Yes, yeah. kind of, yeah. Still, I'm still, I'm still a new, a new, uh, new guy into it, mm. beginner level, I'd say, but uh, from the professional side, mm. and uh, that's what I did. So I decided last year, I felt like I was in a position where I could try to do something professional and try to compete. And in that's your what final year of medical school. Yes, that was in my final year. That's that was not easy. Yeah, yeah, that was okay. definitely very hard. Now, what possessed you? In, a fine, in the final <laughs> year of medicine to decide, oh, I know what, what's missing. Forget about OSCEs, forget exams. Professional bodybuilding. I don't know. I, fe- I felt like there was an itch inside me. I felt like I had to um, 
not prove to anyone, but I wanted to prove to myself that mm-hmm. I could do it. I wanted to challenge myself. I'm a person that likes to challenge myself in the hardest ways possible and suffer as a result of it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's fun. It's enjoyable. You okay. know, you know people that like enjoy suffering. Mm. They enjoy the process of suffering and then repeat the words after. Fun. Yeah. Very fun. So it was very enjoyable. And so, okay, what's the difference between doing this like as a as a hobby versus uh, professionally? So most like ninety, I would say ninety ninety five percent of people, this is just a hobby to them. Like mm. you know, they just go to the gym recreationally. Yeah. Um, probably they'd they'd most likely just go train, have fun, not like worry about the workouts. It's just a way for them to either release energy mm. or like if they had a bad day, they'd go have fun or just to be healthy. Mm. Um, and that's normal. That's what everyone, the, most people do. And mm. that's the, I'd say where we're normal. <laughs> Anything past that is where you start to become abnormal. Okay. Where it just, it starts so to, it basically becomes like a second job. Because to so do you feel this, like it's like a second job. Yeah, definitely, a hundred percent. It's okay. uh, it's not it's it takes over your main job as well. Like us being doctors, as well, it's not easy. We don't have time, um, because we're always working. Then we have on calls. Uh, our schedules are always messed up. Mm. We always have like you know night shifts, things like that. Mm. So it definitely takes uh, a toll on that. But if you're obsessed about it, if it's what you like to do, then there's always a way to do it. Mm. And that's what everyone, everyone, a lot of people, whatever their obsession is, whatever their hobby is, whatever their passion is, if there's a, if there's something that you like to do, you'll always find time and a way to, to figure your life out and do it. But do you think there's a way to still do it um, uh, safely? Because one thing I remember um, w- with the gym and all, mm. uh, I used to always be a little bit concerned if I'd go and lift weights and I didn't have a good night of sleep because I remember reading a lot how... Um, you get more prone to injury, accidents, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So do you think it's still possible given that literally every four days we're just pulling off all-nighters and our sleep is messed up for at least two days? Yeah, that that definitely has it. That has the biggest impact on it because it basically ruins your schedule for the ho- that whole day and mm-hmm. then the day after because you're going to be really tired. And then we have post-call, which is basically us staying awake the whole night and then doing rounds and doing our no- normal day shift the day after. Mm. Um, so then we can't, you can't do anything that day or the day after, most likely. Mm. So that definitely has an impact on it. So you have to try to manage your time really well. Do you think though that we can? Um, would okay? Would you recommend this for f- no. uh, trainees? No, one hundred percent no. Okay. But what, what, are you saying do I recommend bodybuilding or just fitness in general? Because there's a big no, difference I, in people. Uh, bodybuilding, uh, bodybuilding. You no, know, hundred percent no. It's very difficult. Mm. And um, it takes a toll on your body mentally and physically, mm. and uh, not everyone mentally? can handle it. Men- well, mentally, there's lots of aspects to it. So, mentally, if you're trying to f- bodybuilding, we know you know that we have to. If you're trying to compete, mm. you have to be as lean as possible. Mm. And once you get to the really dangerous levels of leanness, anything under I'd say 10% body fat for someone who's natural, like myself. Mm. I've gotten accusations before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, full natty, bro. Full natty, always. <laughs> Not always, actually. But that's uh, we'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, full natty. Um, once you start getting down to that 
dangerous level of body fat where it's physically unhealthy for you to be like below 10% mm-hmm. body fat um it affects your whole body everything starts shutting down mm-hmm. mentally you're always tired fatigued you don't have the energy to do anything at all and when i'm saying anything i don't mean like like normal thing i'm i'm talking about like i'm too lazy to even go to the toilet that's how tired i get <laughs> yeah like i don't even want to get up and take 10 steps to the toilet that's how tired you just want to sleep all the time mm. you start sleeping let's say you're a person who sleeps 6 7 hours a day you start sleeping 10 12 hours you still wake up tired really yeah i i used to sleep like sometimes 13 14 hours really and i'd still get up tired and don't have energy to can anything. i clarify was this during exam time this was during exam time mm. and it was during ramadan hmm mm. yeah i don't know why i do this to myself <laughs> There's definitely something wrong up here. <laughs> Let's not endorse this for people. Uh, <laughs> anyone watching, do, do not do this during exam time. Yes. Not everyone is... Uh, no, not everyone is equipped to handle it. I definitely was not equipped, <laughs> but I decided to challenge myself and see what happens. Any regrets? Definitely not. Really? I would, I would do it again. Okay. It was because it told me a lot about myself. It told me how to... Because basically, bodybuilding is just a battle. It's you versus you mm. every day because no one's going to... No one's going to keep you accountable. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. At the end of the day, it's you getting up on that stage and presenting your body. And then you're being judged on that. That's nerve-wracking. It's very stressful. So at the end of the day, it's you versus you. You're the one who has to put in the work every single day, every minute of every day. You can't mess up. Because if you mess up, it'll show on your physique. See, what, what's, what's crazy about this is the fact that the job you're working. Exactly. Medicine is a full time, full like you're taking your patients home with you. Even it's a, yes. it's a very all consuming career. Yeah, it is. And bodybuilding sounds like it's all consuming as well. Exactly. So you're basically living a double life, and you have to f- try to find a way to do both of those things mm. without letting one comprom- compromise or affect the other, mm. and doing them both to the best of your potential. Because at the same time, you don't want bodybuilding to affect your job where you're taking care of people's lives that's true that's true so you have to find a good balance there uh when i did when i did my competition i was final year medical student so it was there was less responsibility there because i'm still a student yeah but we still had exams we still had to go uh in the uk you know in the uk it's nine to five yeah it's very tiring yeah and we it's it's not like you're living comfortably here in Kuwait. You don't have your own car. Mm. You have to take public transportation. The weather is horrible. It's raining. Underline horrible. <laughs> yeah. Caps lock. Caps lock is horrible. <laughs> guys, don't... Uh, if you guys are in the UK, don't worry. Enjoy the UK. It's fun. But we just... We didn't like it. Yeah, or no. I didn't. I definitely 100% didn't like the experience there. It was um, very uh, tiring. Very yeah, I, I have no regrets, but definitely I think it's um, I think it's definitely more than what I was expecting. Yeah, Without a but doubt. I feel like we learned a lot. We yeah, grew our character sure. and it uh, developed us into the people we are today. So I can say for a fact that if it wasn't for the hardships that I went through in the UK, I don't know if I would, would have been equipped to handle a lot of the things that have come up since yeah. then. For I sure. agree totally, 100%. Yeah. Because um, the stuff we've been through in the UK, just living by yourself, learning how to do everything by yourself, mm. compared to our lifestyle here before when we were kids, mm. 
and uh, getting up every day, going to the job, uh, medical school, all of that, it's very stressful. Which is why it's still crazy to me that you choose this kind of a, yeah. <laughs> a career. I know. Like, I, I, I don't want to call it a hobby because that kind of, you know, demeans it a it's, little bit for you, the way that you mm, approach it. Yeah, it's, it is a, it is a hobby. Even if I don't decide to like professionally pursue it, mm. it will still continue to be a daily hobby for me because it's the way I cope with life in general. Um, what do you recommend though for um, many people? Because I think one thing about bodybuilding is that for sure everybody has some variant of bodybuilding in mm. their exercise. Because uh, let, let's be honest here, everyone wants to sculpt their body. They want to, you know, they want to build muscle. They they want to look good. Yeah, it's a natural thing for someone to always want to look better. Mm. Yeah, even if it's not most. The problem is with society here, people always want to do it the fast way. Everyone just wants to look better for someone else, mm. and that's the wrong mindset to go into it. Because once you start, once you do do this thing for someone else, then you're not gonna. It's not gonna last long term. See, that's interesting for me because if if you really zoom out and what bodybuilding is, bodybuilding, you are building your body for mm. someone else to judge it. Yes, you know, but you're saying that the only way to succeed at it. It's to do it for you. It's to do it for you. That's the only way because at the end of the day, you're the one who's uh, putting yourself under all this pressure, mm. um, going to the gym every day, eating properly, mm. tracking your calories, mm. and doing all the cardio, doing everything that's necessary, getting enough sleep, nutrition, to be on point. So all of that, if you're doing that for someone else, you're going to hate your life. You're going to be mm. miserable. because, And you're not going to last. Most people, that's what they do. They, they decide to... Okay, I have no, um, I have no background in fitness or whatever. Let me go really hardcore for one month, two months, three months. Get my body good, and then that's it. I'll stop. Um, and then no one, most of them, ninety percent, ninety percent would just not go through with it because mm -hmm. they're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it to impress someone else mm -hmm. or to whatever reason they're doing it for. So it has to be like. You have to find the right balance. It's you know, very, it's, which is very hard if you're a doctor as well. But mm -hmm. there's always a way to do it. You can always find a way. What I what I found with uh, bodybuilding is that I, I haven't decided my personal opinion on this, to be honest. Mm. But uh, a few people have even told me that to some extent it feels like bodybuilding feeds back. Um, it it kind of worsens the issues of body dysmorphia people have. Mm. You know what I mean? And uh, let's look at doctors, medical students, people in the healthcare profession. It's well documented in a lot of research. Our mental health is not good. It's in a yes. very like fragile <laughs> state, you know. <laughs> we're the, yeah, most people were definitely not in a bad spot. Yeah, mentally, most likely, yeah. So if that's the case, do you think that bringing in bodybuilding is something that can really push someone over the edge, or do you think it's something that could save someone? Or, I you know, the, the average person, that's my question. The average person, no, bodybuilding would not be for them because mm. fitness would be for them. Fitness can be a way to cope with all of the pressures of uh, being a doctor, being in med school, mm. uh, being healthy. That would be uh, that would be better for them. But bodybuilding itself is just an extreme version of fitness. Mm. It's a very extreme version and it's not for everyone. Um, and uh, which is why uh, you see it's not even like very mainstream. A lot of people. It's have, not mainstream. No, but I don't think so? bodybuilding is that mainstream because really? most people just have a very taboo idea about it. 
and um, what they do you just mean taboo? taboo as in like oh oh yeah these are the guys you know in the gym taking roids <laughs> getting juiced up that's mm. that's that's basically most people's idea about bodybuilding mm. but they don't know that it's just um, it's a journey it's a journey for the person who's doing it mm. it's uh, you versus you at the end of the day now uh, talking about roids okay mm. uh, I think that steroids is a it's a it's a good thing to let, let, let's let's talk about it honestly yeah steroids are big in bodybuilding steroids are big in Kuwait we know this it's, yeah yeah Kuwait is infamous for steroids mm. you go to any gym anywhere mm. here in Kuwait just go to the parking lot mm-hmm. you'll just see needles all over are you the serious? parking lot yes wow. most uh, most uh, gyms you go there, you'll see the needles everywhere. Like there's no one even hides it. Now, see, that's also a, a health hazard. Let's let's put that all aside. Mm. Uh, in terms of just needles on the ground, that should not be yeah. a thing. That means these guys are pinning literally in the parking lot. Mm. These guys are. When I say pinning, I mean like yeah. I was in, about to say yeah. Pinning means injecting the needle into themselves mm. in the parking lot, which is mm. definitely unsan not sanitary at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, the steroids are very big in Kuwait and. And bodybuilding in general, because that's that's the um, aim of the sport is to mm. get as big as possible, mm. and steroids are a way to achieve that. Of course, but um, everyone knows steroids are definitely not healthy for you. Mm. They're very bad, and they have uh, extreme side effects, short term and long term, for your body. But um, if someone is doing it because that's their career, mm. then you can't judge them for that because it's a means to an end. That's interesting. And at the end of the day, they're choosing to do that to themselves. And uh, they're not doing it for you, for anyone else. For They're doing it because they're trying to reach a goal. And that's, that's something they have to do to get to that goal. Because to be on the top level, and not, not just in bodybuilding, by the way. This is on all sports. Yeah. All sports, even football, Olympics, any kind of sports. Everyone is juiced up out of their minds. Really? Yes. And mm. you, you've, you've seen lots of um, scandals about it, like... The Liver King. Yes. The, okay. Yeah, there's the Liver King. No, but the Liver King... <laughs> no, that guy's just a fraud. Because <laughs> he's... Oh, everyone who's into, like, fitness knows that this his physique is not something that can be achieved naturally. Mm-hmm. But he's just been using that to sell his supplements about livers and what... I don't know what the hell he was selling. <laughs> But um, no, I'm talking about like professional sports, like even in football and mm. in Olympics, you see um, scandals about some sort of jug that came up in their jug yeah. in their urine test and their blood tests. So people uh, is it legal in Kuwait? Technically, steroids are not legal anywhere, but Kuwait are very lenient about it. No one says anything about it. To be because honest. see, I've I've heard a lot of different things. I've heard that. It's illegal. I've heard it's legal, and I've heard that there are specialized doctors in Kuwait for it. You can definitely get it like as a prescription. That's hundred percent. You can get that anywhere in the world. If you go to a doctor and you have, let's say, uh, your hormones are down and you need some sort of uh, exogenous um, production, sure. then you can uh, get it legally, technically, legally, quotation marks. Uh, from a doctor mm. but if you go to any gym in Kuwait you ask uh, any coach there hey can I get some this this and that he'll be like yep sure no problem and he'll even inject you himself if you want What what's your take do you think this is dangerous do you think this is good what do you think I think this is very dangerous for um, for certain people because I'll tell you I'll tell you this people in Kuwait or people in general let's say people in general 
we don't want to make assumptions. Mm. But people in general always want quick results mm. in life in general about everything. No one, mm. you rarely find someone that's willing to put in the work and the effort to achieve something. You'd rather have the fast way mm. because you that means you save time, you save effort, you save a headache. You don't have to put in uh, that much effort if you can do it faster, yeah. if you can do it more efficiently. Absolutely. So what happens is a lot of people, mostly men here in Kuwait, uh, when they start getting into fitness and this and that, they get influenced mm. by uh, all the people here in the gym and uh, bad influences. And uh, they see them taking stuff. So we're like, okay, if I take stuff, I can make my body better, faster, mm. quickly. So I don't have to go into the effort of like, you know, six months, years, years, years to try to get to my end goal. If mm. I take something, then I can get it maybe in two, three, four months. Do you think that us as doctors and medical students, because again, tapping on this issue of mental health because of body dysmorphia and whatnot, mm. do you think given all our pressures and whatever, we're in a place where we're vulnerable um, like let's say you know you have a, a young medical student who is vulnerable towards falling for steroids things like that because of the fact that they want to improve their body but there is a lot of external pressure I'd say their external pressure it's, it won't even apply to just doctors it'll apply to anyone mm. it can apply to anyone they'll um, they'll feel like let me rush this let me take something and the only difference with me- with doctors and medical students is that maybe they're more aware of the risks, so maybe that'll put them off compared to someone. Do you who think it puts the them risks. off, or do you think that it might put them towards, hey, I can do this safely? I mean, uh, from my side, I would say <laughs> I could do it safely. Because really? <laughs> I yeah, for me, but at the same time, there's always a risk because there's a lot of factors that come into it. Mm. You don't know your genetics, how you might respond, because some mm. people. Uh, they can take stuff for years and nothing's going to happen to them because their genetics allow it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there are two types of genetics when it comes to taking gear. Uh, the first thing is that how well you respond to it mm-hmm. in terms of like building muscle mm-hmm. and things like that. The second thing is how well can your body tolerate the side effects. Sure. Yes. So the side effects, um, if you guys don't know, the main side effects of taking gear is uh, uh, heart toxicity, kidney toxicity, and fertility issues as well. And uh, that's the internal effects. And then there's also the external effects to your skin. Mm. It causes uh, gynecomastia, which is development of breast tissue, Mm. um, and uh, acne, very Mm. bad acne sometimes. Mm. Mm -hmm. So all of these things have an effect on you on a daily basis and also that's that's without t- t- talking about like the at the moment side effect of you injecting if mm. you inject wrong mm. you, in- you inject into you don't know how to inject if you do it uns- uh, not in a sanitary way true yeah sharing needles is another thing Sh- yeah sharing needles or injecting let's say maybe you hit a nerve you mm. hit a vessel of some kind you might cause um, scar tissue mm. in the long term so all of these things they'll definitely have an effect on you uh, in the short term and the long term. So these are a lot of these things most people are not educated about, mm. which is um, which is a problem because mm-hmm. most people who do this they're mostly young kids like 18, 17, really? 19. Yeah, they just start, they get into the fitness thing and they're like, mm, let's let's take some stuff. Maybe they're influenced by other people in the gym like 25, 30 year olds. Mm. 
um, people that don't know what they're doing mm. for, for the most part. And uh, on top of that, not just because they don't know what they're doing, they also want to sell. Because they, they, they want to sell. They want to sell the, the drugs. So they take advantage of naive young kids. Oh, okay. So that's okay. also another aspect of it. And this, again, this is all illegal in Kuwait. Technically, it is like any drug, quote unquote, but is wh- illegal. Uh, why is there such gray area in, in terms of when we discuss steroids in Kuwait? Like, why is, no, why is it not a very clear, this is illegal, this is legal? Because Kuwait's become infamous for like bodybuilding. Mm. It's like known worldwide for it. And lots of like international bodybuilders come here to train and to go through the training camps here and take the stuff that's here because um, uh, it's a very secluded environment. There's no distractions. Mm -hmm. Uh, The gyms are all males. Mm. So there's some people like to come here and focus, focus on on their career. Now, okay. One thing with steroids that I was wondering also Mm. like, with um, in terms of side effects, it makes you more aggressive. Yes, it, uh, these what I was talking about was just the physical side effects. Mm. In terms of the mental side effects, yeah, some uh, it definitely makes you v- aggressive. But depends. It depends on your personality. This is all genetics. And do you think, like my first thought is, okay, I have a doctor. Stay away. I don't want any risk of my doctor being mildly more aggressive. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, but uh, yeah, but that that's um, there's lots of misconceptions. So if you're naturally a person who's like who has a short temper, mm. then this will make it worse. Sure. But if you're someone who's calm, uh, then it might not affect you as much. You might mm. just get a little bit more short tempered, but at the same time, it's not it's not that big of a deal. It's more of a who you are as a person, sure. your personality. Sure. Yeah. But okay, some some t- some type of steroids um, they can affect your sleep. Like mm. you can't even sleep. It really? Keeps you up at night. Yeah, some stuff does that. So Overall, I won't get into specifics <laughs> so that no one uh, nobody gets any ideas. No one gets any ideas. <laughs> I, won't, I won't name any specific drugs or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But it definitely takes a toll on you mentally and physically. Mm. So you just have to be wary of all of these things before deciding to jump in. And the problem is. Most people, uh, they're always teens, 18, 19, with no, little to no experience in the gym. Sure. And they decide to take sure. something. So it's not, that's not the right way to do it. No. I'm not, I'm not going to say there is, a, there is definitely a right way to do it, but there's also lots of wrong ways to do it. And most people here in Kuwait um, do it the wrong way. And so, okay, what's, what's the solution? Because, you know, for me, I'm thinking this is... This sounds like it's more negatives than positives. I'm going to be honest, mm. because as much as you know, you want to maximize, you know, bodybuilding, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I never personally, as a like as a physician, I don't want to advocate for anything that can harm someone. You yeah. know, what I mean, unless with absolute need. You know, um, but the reality is also that this is a serious uh, sport, and. In all, in all sports, this is something that is heavily engaged with, you know? So how do we, what do we do? How do we uh, approach it? The problem is here, there's um, lack of education about this, lack of awareness. People okay. don't know. They just get influenced. So what happens is like, I'm an 18-year-old. It's my first month or two in the gym. Mm-hmm. Some some random guy comes up or or maybe a friend. It's usually friends. It's usually friends that have been taking mm-hmm. stuff. They'll be like, here, take this, take that. And you'll see a big difference in your body very quickly. Mm. And uh, 18-year-old, that sounds great. Let mm. me do it. Why not? Yeah. I don't see any negatives about this. I'll take a few things, 
get uh, the body of my dreams yeah. and then uh, th- there you go but mm-hmm. they're not aware of how you have to do it because it takes there's a lot of things they have to keep and uh, to take into account when you're doing this stuff so that's the wrong way of doing it you you haven't uh, you've been to the gym maybe a month or two or just starting even and you start mm-hmm. taking stuff uh, like bro you don't even know what you're doing in the gym you don't even know what's the difference between <laughs> like a smith machine and a barbell yeah. for example yeah, yeah. your pro- your form is probably all wrong you don't even have the mind muscle connection to like properly activate your muscles to mm. build tissue in the first place and your nutrition is probably definitely out of whack mm. you're probably eating whatever kfc taco bell all that garbage mm-hmm. um so you're not gonna even benefit that much from taking the gear yeah, yeah. because your nutrition is out of whack your, your sleep might be not in, not ideal your uh, training is definitely not ideal and then what happens is you either get injured or you have extreme side effects because you're taking let's say wrong doses mm-hmm. because you just you, you don't know anything about this you're just listening to some guy who probably has no qualification except experience which mm-hmm. is not enough in my opinion because experience most coaches here all they have is experience oh i tried this i did this with this guy it worked so yeah, yeah. i'll try it on you it's probably gonna work but that's not true because genetics so should we keep steroids illegal uh yes probably it's for the best yeah <laughs> probably probably for the best probably for the best but it should still be accessible to people who need it do you think that one one idea i, I i've heard floated uh, around is uh, there should be specialized doctors for mm. exceptions in sports. Yeah, that's. I think that's a great, a great idea. To be honest, I think um, if someone's gonna want to take something, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's your body, right? You can do whatever you want, even if you don't know what you're doing. Sure. Even, even let's say even you do know what you're doing, mm. and you want to take the risk, then then go for it. But you should do it under medical supervision. Mm. You should get a blood test before, during, and after. You should be monitored exa- with like medical doses with a doctor who knows what he's doing mm-hmm. and understands the physiology of the body and how it works and how it responds to taking the stuff because a lot of the stuff, yes, it's been, been people have been taking it for decades mm-hmm. and most side effects are understandable now and everyone knows what uh, what's going on, but there's always new stuff coming in. Okay, that's, that's like, actually a really good point. There's always new drugs coming in and people are like, oh yeah, this is, this is, look at this, this does, this does that. And it's gonna, it's better than this older drug because it has less side effects. But you don't know because there are no tests, no, there are no trials. A lot of the stuff, like like for example, SARMs. Hmm. Uh, SARMs are educators. selective yeah. antigen uh, modulators. These are like they were waived like the last five ten years yeah. that came out because they were like steroids without the side effects of actual steroids. Okay. But then it turns out that they're like not as effective and they had really bad side effects long term okay. and people didn't know and people just taking stuff because it was like the new wave, you know? And so you as a physician right now, uh, let's say you have a patient who comes to you, mm. you know, uh, 21 year old, anything, and they start asking about steroids. What's your response to this kid? My response to that kid is, why do you want to do it? Interesting. Why, why do you want to take steroids? Because... I'm not going to say there's a right or a wrong reason, but there's a, you should have a valid reason for taking it. Hmm. So if you're going to take stuff, tell me why. Are you doing it just because you want to improve your body and look better? Mm-hmm. Because you could do that naturally. 
why would you put yourself under all the immense risks, short term or long term, mm. uh, just to get a faster result? I think you're touching upon something that's really important, especially for medical students listening. When you're practicing, you really need to get into why something is happening with your patient or why your patient wants XYZ to be happening. Otherwise, mm. I know it sounds corny, but ICE, ideas, concerned expectations. Yeah, you need to get into that to be able to address w- what they're co- you know they're coming to you with because like just like Bassam just mentioned right now, um, kid comes in and wants steroids. Mm-hmm. You just scream at him that you're gonna ruin your body and your life. We yeah, know that's that. not gonna. He's just gonna go no. somewhere else and take it from them. Of course, because it's very easily accessible here in this country. So you're not getting anywhere there. You need to understand why they want to take it. Do you understand the risks involved? Um, are you taking it because this is maybe a career you want to do? Mm-hmm. If it if that's the case and you're fully aware of all the risks, then by all means, do it, but do it under medical supervision. Go but for it. But wouldn't that be advocating for illegal activity? Yes, that's a controversial topic. There we go. <laughs> it is. So yes, you're advocating yeah. for illegal activity technically, but it's going to happen whether you're there or not. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather someone take stuff under medical supervision mm-hmm. than without any medical supervision because that's what happens most of the time. There's little to no medical supervision when they do take stuff and then they suffer the consequences short term and long term. Well, uh, so can we say at least officially the advice is for now do not advise them to do it because we can't legally if, uh, suggest Bottom line, I'll give you this last sentence yes. to finalize this. If, in my opinion, if this is not a professional career you want to pursue, mm-hmm. then I do not recommend you taking it. Sure. Because otherwise it's not worth it. But if this is um, a professional career that that you're considering and you've been lifting, you've been going to the gym for at least, I'd say at least a couple of years, two, three, and ideally probably around five years. Because mm-hmm. that's, after five years, you, you understand your body more. You realize what works, what doesn't. You know how to do everything at the mm-hmm. gym. You're, you should be like an expert unless you're, you're really bad and you have no idea what you're doing. Which is still the case. I see people that are like 30, 40 year olds who no, don't they know what they're know. doing still. Yeah, yeah. So, but if, um, if you've been doing it for a few years mm-hmm. and you know everything there is about training, nutrition, and you're aware of all of these things and then you want to take it to the next level, mm-hmm. then that would be the ideal scenario right. for you to, and then you're considering to do it as a career. Then yes then maybe you can consider taking stuff. Well, but other know. than that, please do not. I will not. <laughs> I am not endorsing steroids, guys. <laughs> like only, for, only for some people, not oh, for everyone. Hopefully, you know, I, you know, like, uh, I don't agree with steroid use, to be honest, even as a professional level, because I just don't think people should be putting things that are, you know, going to hurt their bodies. But I really do appreciate your point about, uh, you know, doing things safely, because... I think, I wonder, let's say I have a patient who's come in and they're telling me, hey, I'm doing steroids, blah, 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 and you're not going to change my mind. I think one thing at the very least that I'd want to refer them for is uh, endocrinology. Uh, yes, opinion. that's the specialty of choice. Yeah, because in the end, they are going to have abnormalities. They are going to have, and what, just because, you know, they're doing, like, it's like another, let's say a patient who's um, an IV drug user, mm. you know. Just because they're an IV drug user, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm not going to do an HIV test for you or I'm not going to do a hepatitis test for you. You know what I mean? I still need to screen you 
despite your high risk behavior and i still need to make sure you're you're safe despite your high risk behavior you know yeah and hopefully we we do get to that i i wonder actually i've never come across in kuwait that's uh, a thing and it's funny because of how prevalent it is i feel like it is important to mention like hey maybe this should be something that we're doing more on the regular you know what i mean definitely i think people need, if they're going to do this they should do it with an endocrine specialist who knows what they're doing mm. who's an expert in this because lots of endocrine specialists are not they're not experts in this field as well because this is like okay. sports related right so right. they're just more if you go to a regular endocrinologist you'll be like they'll see your your numbers all your hormone your metabolic panel all out of work they're going to be mm, <laughs> just stop What's taking stuff <laughs> but you need to find someone who understands what you're doing and why you're doing it yeah. so that they can mitigate all the risks mitigate that's a, that's a good word for it uh, now veering away from steroids <laughs> are you not going to ask me if i'm going to take steroids uh, i don't want to put you on the spot yeah okay are you going to take steroids maybe We'll leave it at that. Maybe. <laughs> the doctor's brew does not condone any of we the actions, or, <laughs> to, actions to the or decisions of public. Uh, yeah. But, um, it, you know, it's interesting to hear the educated opinion on this because uh, mm. even even if my opinion is different, you know. Um, it's because you're, you're a regular person that's just into regular fitness. So exactly, this stuff doesn't like, even, you don't even think about like, why would someone... It doesn't make sense to me. Why would someone do that to themselves? Like, it doesn't make sense. But it's different people who have different mindsets. True, true. So, And uh, again, the the underlining word here is to be safety, safety, safety. And I think I really do like the the point that you brought up and how to mitigate these risks. Because in the end, humans are humans. People are going to do what they want to do. Exactly. And we're not here to judge. That's another thing. Yeah. We shouldn't be judging. Uh, In Kuwait, a lot of people do judge people who take steroids which um, it's very taboo. They always like to call them croissants. Wait, wait, what? Croissants. Wait, this is, this is new. No, 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 no. No, 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 you need to share this. <laughs> um, basically, uh, it's like, you know, you know, you, you know how, like a French croissant, a really thick, fat one, you know? <laughs> With all the layers. So it looks, so <laughs> if you're a bodybuilder, you kind of look, you kind of look similar to that. So they're going to be like, you look, oh, like, you look like a croissant, huh? It's just like, a, <laughs> yeah, you know the culture here. It's always about roasting people. Yeah, yeah I love so, it. I love it. So that, there you go. So now for people like me, I like, like you mentioned, the regular folk. Okay. Yes. And specifically med students, young doctors, junior doctors. Um, What's your advice to maintaining, like practical advice, not just eat healthy, be happy. No, I'm, I mean practical advice on mm. the job in uh, while studying all of that for maintain, keeping up with your fitness, you know? I'll tell you. So if you're, a, if you're a med student, I think it's harder. Depends on what year you're in. Let's say you're in the early years of, me- of medical school. Yeah. You're chilling. Let's be honest. Mm. First couple of years, you're chilling. You're still not in clinical rotations. You just go to lectures, whatever. You should have enough time to do whatever you want to do. Sure. You, so you can definitely be able to go to the gym and not eat garbage all the time. Do your best. Time to time is okay. From time to time is okay. I, I, arguably, humans, you need to, you know? Uh, yeah, sometimes when it's stressful. 
But as long as everything is in moderation, yeah. then it's not going to have that big of an impact on you. Yeah. So it's okay. But then once you get to clinical years and uh, you start going to hospital, it starts mm. to get more tiring. Yeah. It's more physical. Yeah. You're always on your feet. You're walking around more. You might get tired. Mm. Then that's when you need to keep yourself accountable. If that's if that's a goal you have, sure. then you sure. have to apply a bit of pressure on yourself to realize, hey, I need to. I want to be healthy and I want to keep doing this, so I need to find a way to do it. Mm. Um, so what I used to do, from my personal experience, when I used to go to, when, when we were in med school, depends on the day. Some days were lighter than others, um, but I'd find a balance. I'd go to the gym, I'd say around, on average, four to five times a week. Okay. And basically I'd go two to three days in a row and then take a rest day and mm. then continue that, that same cycle, two to three days and then another rest day. Sure. So if there was like a really um, hectic day, really long day, let's say nine to five, mm. then maybe I'll try to make that a rest day. Mm. Where other days you'd have, um, let's say you'd have normal nine to 12, maybe nine to two, uh, less hectic, then you can, you can have more, you'll have more energy to be able to do what you want. Mm. Um, and for most people, it's, it's not gonna take more than an hour, two hours out of your day. Yeah, yeah. So, Everyone has the time. It's just, do you want to do it or not? And, you know, I'll tell you, one of my struggles has always been uh, the, the specific time of day. So um, when I went in foundation year, I used to go a lot at night, like mm. really late at night. I'm saying like yeah. 1 a.m., 2 a.m., you know. Um, and it was fine for me because I was able to sleep really late and that's fine. And I could wake up late. I didn't have anything. But yeah. then as we got into clinical rotations. That definitely does not. You can't do that. Anymore. No, I go to the gym at 8 p.m. I'm not asleep until 2, you know. Were you taking uh, caffeine or pyrocut of any kind? No, no. That's the best part. <laughs> Very like just, I don't know. After the gym, I can't sleep. And I've read uh, that actually like um, it has, I think it's something to do with like the stress response, the adrenaline, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Some, but it depends. Everyone's different. Yeah. Some people, you're like you in your case. They th- th- that happens. You yeah. go at night, and then you you still like you feel really energetic afterwards. Yeah, and you stay up very late, and then that affects the day after, and then you know it's like it becomes this like vicious cycle. Mm. But some people they are really tired after the gym and they can easily go to sleep. So it depends. Mm. So you need to find out what works for you. Everyone's mm. different. Just because one person has their own way of doing it, which is working for them, that's great. But that doesn't mean that's gonna work for you. You have to try and experiment until you find what works for you. So some people. They ha- if, if they don't go right after work mm-hmm. or right after med school, like, let's say, 3, 4 p.m. They're done. That's, uh, they're not going to be able, because like in your case, if they go really late at night, uh, if they take pure workout, caffeine, anything that's caffeinated, they're going to stay up really late. Yeah. So it's not going to work. So they have to go a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. even though they'll be more tired. Mm-hmm. But that's the only way to get it done. And then you have the crazy people <laughs> that go before. Oh, go yeah. yeah. I have a friend of mine. I, I know a few cycles. 4 a.m. I respect them very yeah. highly, but they're psychos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's insane. They go at 5 a.m. That's commitment. Even I can't do that. To be honest, I, I, I'd I love to do that. My gym just doesn't open yes. at that time. We, we, you, we would be very, like, so much more productive if you do it. I guess if you're someone who's really busy. You have but your night gets taken away from you, to be fair. What? Your night gets taken away. You know, you can't. Yeah. No, you, you just have to sleep really early. That's what I mean. Like, to, ma- yeah. uh, no duania. 
You know no I mean? social life. No social life. No social life. But hey, some people, that's what they want. Some people are very driven in life. Yeah. And they don't care that much about like social activity. Mm. They just want to work. Yeah. So if you're that kind of person and you don't have any problem with that, then maybe that's the solution for you. But that's 99% of people, I would say, would not be able to do it. I can't do that. Yeah, no, no. Because it's very hard to way. be able to be disciplined enough to like, oh, yes, 8 p.m., 9 p.m., that's it. I'm in bed, I'm going to sleep, so mm-hmm. I can wake up at 4, so I can be at the gym at 5, so I can finish and go to work or med school or whatever it is. And like you said, especially when you're putting in supplements, caffeine, that kind of stuff, exactly. mix, it makes it difficult. My um, little story with um, uh, pre-workout, I don't know if I ever told you. Tell me. Foundation year. Nobody told me what's in pre-workout. Mm. I was in L.A. at the time, Los Angeles, and uh, my cousin uh, was uh, into bodybuilding and stuff, and uh, he had uh, some pre-workout. He's like, oh, this is great. It'll give you some energy before the gym, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, cool. So I started, uh, I was taking it, and then one day I was like, oh, this is my coffee time, because if I don't have my caffeine on time, I get a headache. So I have a cup of coffee, Cuban coffee, so extra strong. Mm. And I took some pre-workout. And yeah. I was at the gym working out, and I just remember thinking to myself during, I was like, dude, why do I feel so good? I was I was on another <laughs> level. And then afterwards, I go home, and I'm like, dude, I don't know why I'm so wired, blah, blah, And my cousin just looks at me, and he goes, dude, that's filled with caffeine. <laughs> Moral of the story, don't, don't take Read anything. the label, guys. Read the label. Read the label before you take anything. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, actually... Uh, I think being aware of all these like fitness um, supplements uh, and, you know, being aware of all uh, all of the, the supplements and culture, whatever is important as doctors, because especially in Kuwait, uh, we know that, you know, fitness is big here. We know that bodybuilding is big here and uh, clinically it can play a role. Yeah. Uh, I had a, a friend of mine uh, was telling me how, you know, they went in on a patient who was very obviously roided up, you know. Uh, what are some of the signs of roids just to uh, someone who's, you know, on roids uh, just for you know, like uh, more like in the hospital, whatever. So we know because sometimes you need to assess the danger of the patient that you're mm. with. There's nothing like if you just take a look at a person, mm-hmm. you can't just say because it's easy to say, oh, someone who's really big. Oh, yeah, this guy's on steroids. That's the sure. easy way. To do. But there's people that are like that look like me and you and uh, People are like, let's say, obese or just very skinny, mm-hmm. and they might be taking stuff. So it's not, you can't just say, oh, yeah, it's just the guy who's really big really? He's on steroids. Okay. Because a lot of people could be taking stuff, but because they're not doing it properly, mm. they're not getting to that level. They're not mm. looking like that. So there's no obvious sign sure. of someone, oh, yeah, this guy's clearly taking stuff, unless they admit it. Uh, okay. uh, the only way to, uh, like, to know for sure is that if either they tell you or you do a metabolic panel on them like you test their testosterone level Mm. their estrogen level their prolactin level all that stuff and it will definitely show on the blood test are they open to to saying to sharing though or do you think that's more of a secret I feel like if you're at the doctor's office most likely you will you would not have a problem saying it I feel Mm. like people trust doctors and at the end of the day in Kuwait do you think people in Kuwait trust doctors really no, they no they don't. <laughs> that's that's a different story, yeah. But like, <laughs> if they're coming in because they're sick, mm. they're not they're not okay. And we asked them if you're taking anything. Most people would say yeah, because they want to get fixed up mm. before they continue doing anything else. Yeah. So they would be scared. 
So I think most people would would admit to doing it mm. in front of doctors. Yeah. Uh, now bouncing a little bit back to um, you know uh, tips for medical students, junior doctors, and like how important do you think uh, fitness is on the job itself? I think that it really it doesn't really affect your 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 job as a doctor. It won't really affect it. Like mo- most most doctors, let's be honest, most most doctors, most people in general are overweight. But do you think that that that's a disadvantage uh, on the job? Um, I can't see how how it can be a disadvantage unless you're just walking slower, doing CPR for twenty minutes. Yeah. That's that's just mm, see that, that that's debatable so, to be honest because what uh, do you mean? if you're doing CPR you're not gonna be doing CPR for twenty minutes straight if you're you? like I've been in the position where I I was the only person in a I had other people with me mm. but they would fatigue out for like after one minute so I was there for fifteen minutes just you know going yeah yeah I've been in that situation too. Um, I guess it, get, it can give you a little bit of an advantage, mm. so you can last longer, I guess, doing CPR. Mm. But other than that, it doesn't really affect the job that much because most cases, like the, the, what happened with you, that was like pretty rare. Yeah. Most most cases, you'll have a lot of people there with you to help you out. Yeah. So even if someone does get tired, you can just switch out quickly. Mm. So that's not gonna be an issue. Um, you do get a tricep pump though. Yeah, yeah, no, no, a you strong one. You definitely get a tricep pump. Yeah, 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 no, no, for sure. It's yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd say for me at least, I think staying active is so important, um, just as a way to release. Mm. But one thing, and I, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, is uh, the element of uh, body dysmorphia. You know what I mean? Um, I think men in general, we we have more do- body dysmorphia than we let on yeah you know um and i think on a societal level i think it's more it's okay you know meant to be kind of just be like i think both men and women have uh, body dysmorphia it's more prevalent these days and that's social media's fault social media has made mm. it like if you just go on instagram it's always models male or female mm. looking amazing and most of them are probably on some on some stuff. Really? They're take, yeah, most there models, most they're probably on some stuff. Men and women or just men? Uh, mostly men, but you'll probably find uh, maybe a few women hmm. here and there. The, the, the women most likely, uh, even the men and the women, even if they're not on stuff, they're probably on a really, really restrictive diet. Hmm. And they might be suffering from some, some sort of eating disorder to keep up that look because that's the look that's getting them their fame. Or and that's the look that's that they feel that they need to have to be able to be successful in social media. And as someone who has engaged in a, you know, in a very extreme sport in terms of like judging yourself, et cetera, et cetera, mm. what, what, would you, uh, what would you say is the line at which people should take a step back and realize, hold on, I'm, this is starting to hurt my, my mental health, my outlook on food, my outlook on you life. Need to, you need to be very strong mentally. You need to have a really good relationship with food mm. because I've struggled with that in the past. Mm. It gets very difficult and you go into these cycles of like uh, not feeling great because you don't look certain way so you want to eat less, mm. you want to exercise more and then that takes a toll on you physically because your body can't handle it. And then after uh, let's say a few days or a few weeks of doing that, 
you decide you can't handle this and you start binge eating mm. and then you gain a, a lot of weight and then the cycle repeats yeah you yeah. see so you need to have a very good relationship with food you need to be aware that food is like food's your friend and you need to treat them right you need to be able to eat the right way and not go too little or too mm. much when right. you're eating um, unless it's an extreme uh, thing like bodybuilding where you have to do it because yeah. it's that's what you have to do to be able to compete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for a normal person, you need to have a balance. I see way too many people all the time, all the time. They're eating way too little. I see a guy who's like six foot two, 100 kilos, and he's telling me he's eating 1,200 calories a day. Really? I'm like, that's nothing. bro, a 10-year-old child wouldn't eat that. You would <laughs> eat more than that. What are you doing? Yeah. Because yeah. let's say they're like a little bit overweight and they're like... I need to lose weight really fast. That's so, yes, the more restrictive I am with my calories, the mm-hmm. more weight I'm going to drop, which is technically true mm-hmm. and for the first couple of weeks. But then what's going to happen is you're going your to del- shut yourself down metabolically mm-hmm. and your body's not going to burn as fast. And you, yes, you are going to drop a lot of weight the first few weeks, let's say a month or two. And then after that, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. It's all going to come back because once you start eating normally again, once you, let's say you lost a few kilos, let's say you lost 10 kilos, you're happy. Mm-hmm. Let's so let's go back to being normal. Mm. Your your mind is saying, "I want to go back to being normal." Your body has been basically in starvation mode for so, a couple yeah. of months. Yeah. So your body's like, "No, we're not going back to normal. We're eating yeah. everything in sight because I don't know when's the next time my body's gonna be uh, under that starvation mode yeah, pressure yeah, yeah. again, right?" So your hormone, your your hunger hormones, they're gonna be spiking like mm. crazy, and you're gonna be eating all the time, and you might start binge eating as well. Mm. So you're gonna you're basically putting yourself into an eating disorder just because you wanted a faster result, mm. which is the same thing with steroids. Yeah. Um. So that's the problem with people these days. Everything wants everyone wants everything really fast, mm. and that's also a social media thing. I feel like because back before social media existed. People were not in such a rush all the time. 24-7, everything's like always go, 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 you know? So I see all the time, even with girls, girls do this all the time. They eat way too little. Girls come to me, they they tell me they're eating 1,000 calories, 900 calories. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's not... That's not that... And they're having... Some of them are doctors. Like, you have an active job where you're walking around all day. You're hitting, like, at least 10,000 steps a day. Um, So, that like anyone like that you're definitely basically you're eating zero calories because mm. you're burning all the food you're eating mm. and more so you're just basically starving yourself and your body's not going to be able to handle that long term so the take home messages is uh you know don't be extreme uh eat well go to the gym and stop yeah, be trying a normal to rush. person be a normal person don't don't be obsessive about stuff so if you're a girl i'll tell you if you're a girl mm. anything below 1500 calories is too little for most people. Right. If you're a guy, anything below 2,000 calories is also too little. Really? People will be surprised. People always think, oh, 2,000, oh, that's too much. Mm. No, it's not. Mm. It's really not. Most guys can easily eat 2,500, probably even 3,000 calories, and they won't even, they'll be okay. Mm. But everyone's different. There's, uh, but I'm saying for the majority of people. Mm. Majority of people, it depends on the situation, but you can definitely eat more. And nothing bad will happen to you, and you're not gonna even gain weight. So you'd say avoid doing extreme things. Yeah, avoid avoid be, being extreme. Extreme. Take huh? your time with things because nothing good ever comes fast. I really want to underline extreme here. So 
would you recommend for people to jump out of a, a, a helicopter or a plane without any prior experience? I definitely do not you think do that's not a wise recommend. idea. No. Mm. But I do know someone who did that. Oh. Yeah. Oh. You know somebody? I know somebody Ooh. who did that. Shouldn't say any names <laughs> because it's embarrassing. But <laughs> I do know who someone who did that. Mm-hmm. I think someone, I know him too. Yeah, really? Mm. I think he's here in this room. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely not you, is it? It's not me. It's not me. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah, it's definitely me. Okay, go mm. on. Tell us. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> I know this has nothing to do with fitness and medicine, but I really no, but think that everyone would love to hear this. It has a, it has a connection to it, I'll tell you okay, what. Okay, go on. Because we said you shouldn't be extreme. Sure, sure. But this is an extreme version of not caring about your life, <laughs> is it? You, so you, have to, you have to always take things in moderation. So I... Was when was this? This was like a few, a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. This was during COVID. That was very bad time for us in the UK. Yeah, it was very depressiony, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, the whole so, world, but even in the UK, being yeah, in all the UK alone, was, was horrible because the weather was horrible, and they were like keeping us basically locked up in in our homes, like yeah. prison cells. Literally. So I went. I was like, hmm. I was in my I was in my phase where I wanted to like do crazy stuff. Yeah. Because why not? You only live once. <laughs> Right, bad advice. But <laughs> I was like, let me let me go. Uh, some some I don't know who. Some girl told me, oh yeah, they're doing this thing where you're jumping out of a plane. Let's do it. I never skydived. I want to skydive. Let me do. Let me try this thing. I always wanted to. I'm an adrenaline junkie. Mm. So this kind of stuff hits me perfectly. So I was like, okay, let's do it. Um, so they got me this paper to sign. And I didn't care at the time. I was just signing whatever. I didn't realize it was a waiver saying that if you die, it's not our responsibility. And I just signed that. Oh my God. Um, okay. And then we went to this thing. Where was it? It was in the Lake District. It was next to the Atlantic Ocean, basically. Mm. I think Lake District or some sort of place next to the ocean. Mm. And we were at this farm. And they had this plane there. And they were like... And the plane was very small. It was okay. very sus. If you saw the plane, bro, I'm telling you, the, the plane was like maybe the size of this room, a little okay. bit bigger. Okay. It only, it literally only fits like 10 people stacked up like Oreos. Okay. That's it. It doesn't okay. fit anyone else. Okay. So I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I thought at some point that like, you know, when we, when we do this, there's going to be like training involved or, you know, at least someone, someone's there to jump with you, you know, someone who, who can handle everything. Sure. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. Then I realized, oh, there's very minimal training. They're just telling us about, oh, don't do this, don't do that, blah, blah. Just don't fall in this ocean, basically. <laughs> do your don't, best. <laughs> don't fall in the, yeah. So, do, but do your best. Um, and then I realized there was no one jumping with me. So, you know, all the red flags were coming up. And I was like, hmm, let's do it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm down, I don't care. Okay. So we went up. Uh, got up on the plane. I was the first guy because they were doing it alphabetically, and I'm Arab, so my name is A. <laughs> so I'm the first guy up there. No, I was actually I was the second guy. There was another Arab. I mean, guy you got B me. and A, so yeah. So I was the second guy up there. So my friend, he was he was with me. He jumped, and then it was my turn. So the way this plane is shaped up is like I'm like at the back. I can't see anything. There are no windows, hmm. and then I got up to the front. Um, and I was looking down, I'm like, whoa, that looks really far away. <laughs> that looks scary. 
I really don't want to do this. Okay. And like, but at that point, that's it. Like, you can't back out now yeah. because you can't even turn around. There's like no space for you to like let someone else go in front of you. Yeah. You physically have to go now. Yeah, yeah. And this instructor, this like old British dude with a mohawk, he's like, come on. It's time to go. <laughs> and I'm looking down. My body basically just like turned into a marshmallow. Okay. You know, everything just was like, that's it. I can't. I'm, d- I'm going to die right here. <laughs> I'm going to die right here. I'm so, I didn't even tell. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my family because uh, they were going to be too scared. They're going to tell as me they not should. to do it. Yeah, as <laughs> they should. So I didn't tell anyone. So I was like, mm, I didn't say my goodbyes. I guess this is it. Well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically, the way you have to jump, they told us, you have to jump like a star. You have to like basically fan yourself out so that you have resistance against the air and all whatever physics you know we're doctors we don't know about that <laughs> and then so i couldn't do that because my body was a physical marshmallow like i couldn't lift my arms or my, i couldn't do anything so i did basically i just like blooped out of the plane <laughs> that's what that's i just, just literally, I, I just flopped <laughs> off of the plane um okay. i didn't even jump so that's a bad thing, clearly, okay. because I just blocked. The reason why you jump is because you want to get as physically far away from the plane as possible. Sure. So I was literally right, right <laughs> next to the plane when I blocked down. And then my back hit the back of the plane as it was going. So I started spinning okay. midair. Okay. And that was it. That was like, I was dead. I know I was going to die. That was my last day on earth. I started spinning midair and just screaming, cursing a lot also. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then what happened was that, so this parachute is supposed to open automatically because we're connected to like a rope that's attached to the plane at a certain altitude it's gonna open up. Sure. Okay, but because I was spinning, I was literally like this, going down okay. like that. And the parachute opened, but what happened was because I was spinning, it opened under me, not above me. It just opened up under me. Right. So what happens? Physics. Parachute opens up, air rushes in. Yeah. What's gonna happen is that it's just gonna automatically go forward. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. go up upwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. And so uh <laughs> it went upwards, but because it was under me, it took my leg up with it. Excellent. And I'll tell you something. I'm not that flexible. Okay. I'm not a flexible person. Okay. So I had one leg up there, one leg down there. Mm-hmm. I was doing splits midair. <laughs> And my leg was wrapped up in the in the cords of the parachute. Yeah. My shoe specifically. So <laughs> this is really bad, isn't it? I can't believe it's it. really bad. It's uh, it, it's it's it just sounds like you're lying. I know, right? It's so crazy that it's true, but I mean it, it how I, <laughs> No, it, it gets be worse. Lying at this, this is point. only the beginning, it gets really bad. So I'll tell you. So my shoe, my my foot was stuck up there, wasn't mm-hmm. it? And because the cords were wrapped up into it, the pressure itself wasn't fully open. Right. So I was going really, qu- really diving really quickly down because the pressure is not fully open. Yeah, yeah. So I'm panicking at this point. I'm trying to get my leg out of the cords, but the cords, the cords are like really tight ropes. You know, those really big fat ropes. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, something yeah. you can. It's not like a shoelace you can untie. I'm like, <laughs> damn. I'm trying to <laughs> let, let me let me get my leg out. So. It was basically stuck around my shoe. So I took my shoe off sure. and I threw away. And that loosened my, I got my, so I was one shoe down there. Okay. One shoe down. So you're, you're, okay, recap. You're plummeting in the air. You're some, you're just like falling. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm falling. You're, you're upside down. 
No, no, I'm not upside down. I'm no. straight up. Now I have one up. leg over there. Up one there. leg is up. Yeah. One, one shoe is, is missing. One shoe is missing. And the parachute is below you. No, the parachute's now. Now, now it's above up. me. Yes, the parachute's up with my leg up there. With your leg up there. Continue. And then the shoe went. I threw the shoe and I was able to get my foot off the the cords. Sure. So now I'm in normal position, right? Excellent. But I'm way too low down. Sure. Okay. <laughs> also, because I was focused up there. I don't know what's going on under me. Sure. So they, I told you, we were next to the Atlantic Ocean, aren't we? Sure. Yes. So they also warned us that there's quicksand before the Atlantic Ocean. Quicksand? Yeah. So there was the ocean, the quicksand, and there was Is this, this a farm. Mario game? What's this? What? This sounds like Mario. You know, like, it's just there's quicksand, there there's ocean. Everything <laughs> that could possibly go wrong went wrong. Excellent. Like so there was this farm where we were supposed to land. They had this, like, big red X. For us to see. You can see it from everywhere. It's very big red X. That's like, guys, land here, please. Yeah, yeah. Don't land in the quicksand. Don't land in the ocean because we don't have the facilities to come rescue you. And you're probably going to die. Excellent. We, so land on the farm, please. So I, because of what, what was happening, I was focused up there with my shoe and my foot. Mm. So when I finally released everything and the parachute fully opened and I was like starting to cruise a little bit, yeah. not like plummeting down, I realized, whoa, where am I? <laughs> All I see is blue. All I see is ocean. Where the hell am I? <laughs> oh my. Okay. So yeah, it just gets really bad. It just continues to, like there's no silver lining here. It just ne- never gets better. Okay. So... Uh, oh yeah we have this microphone in our ear so yeah. they're trying to communicate with us yeah. but we can't communicate back we can only hear what they're saying like instructions sure. advice blah 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 so this whole time they're just screaming at me like what the beep 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 beep, beep. are you doing <laughs> what, the, what are you doing turn around blah blah do this do that do this I, I wasn't listening to them because I was worried about my shoe mm. my, my foot my life not my shoe and uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm worried about my life <laughs> so after I like sorted that stuff out and there I started listening to them they're like you're in the ocean turn around now okay. with a lot of cursing um, so it's like I started slowly turning around left right left right doing our, the maneuvers they taught us which is like you just pull on the on the sides here yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. that kind of turns you around a little bit so I managed to turn all the way back around to the farm okay okay, okay. at that point after I jumped it was getting way too windy. It was already way too windy. Mm. Okay. So after I jumped, the pilot and the instructor were like, nah, that's it. We're calling it. No <laughs> one else is jumping. Mm-hmm. So the, pay, the plane was going back down to land. Okay. Meantime, I was trying to land myself on the X. Yeah. But it was very windy. Yeah. I was struggling a lot. And I forgot, obviously, everything they taught me. Of course. Because... Flight or fight. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I was like, what the is this? <laughs> so I land very, very really really strongly on my bum and it was very painful <laughs> i just like blopped down really hard okay but the problem is you think you think the story ended mm. it definitely it's only starting okay i landed but my parachute didn't come down with me sure because it was very windy sure so what's happening <laughs> was the parachute was still up in the air and it's dragging me across the field sure Okay. As it does. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, just a normal, normal day yeah, in our yeah, lives, yeah, you yeah. know? That's, yeah. As, yeah. It's, uh, as it's dragging me across the field, I mentioned the plane decided to land. Mm. So the, there's the runway for the plane to land. Mm-hmm. And it's landing. Yeah. And I'm being dragged across the field towards the runway. Excellent. Amazing. Yeah. 
10 so out of 10. everyone is screaming at me uh, from like where the area they're sitting in. They're like, put the parachute down, put the parachute down. I'm like, I'm trying. It's not coming down. It's too windy. What do you want me to do? So it's like, it's literally like a scene for a movie. These guys, they run up, they run up like sprinting towards me, the instructors and stuff. And like these guys all run, 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 run. And they start jumping on the, on the, the parachute yeah, yeah. to bring it down so that I don't get run over by the plane. That was a and very bad. You survived. I did. I'm here to tell the story. I'm here. Did to you have any long-term injuries from it? No, I was okay. I was limping. <laughs> for, I was. I was limping for a little bit because I was. I'm not that flexible. Yeah. But then I was fine. But then after that, they had a meeting. They had to call everyone down there, and they took my like skydiving thingy. Like they made me like they made me this like ID. Yeah. They took it. They ripped it in front of me. And they're like, you're never skydiving in this country again. You're blacklisted. <laughs> because what you did oh, was very shame. dangerous, very unsafe. And they had this whole like emergency meeting, endorsing safety. Guys, please be safe when you're doing this, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm like, mm, is it really our fault though? You're letting us jump with no experience by ourselves. Mm. I mean, like, yeah, I guess it is my fault. I did sign that yeah, paper. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you it's signed the form. I have no one to blame, to be honest. <laughs> Oh. But yeah, because that skydiving center is connected to, they're all connected. So my name is now blacklisted. So I can't jump ever again in the UK. In the UK. I can jump somewhere else. So tying it back to our topic, <laughs> <laughs> don't do extreme things. Don't like do extreme things, guys. Everything in moderation. Don't everything. take steroids. Don't jump out of planes <laughs> without any experience. Yes. And especially when you have exams. Food. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, Thank you so much uh, for coming on. Uh, we always end the show uh, on a on a happy high note. Like uh, <laughs> uh, avoid, uh, you know, our take home messages of not, you know, doing anything extreme, not trying to kill yourself with a plane. And uh, that's the last sip of coffee for today. A special special thank you to our guest, uh, Bassam. If you like the show, please comment, like, and subscribe. And uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Great. And uh, that's a wrap. Hope you all enjoyed this episode of The Doctor's Brew. New episodes to listen to with a cup of coffee coming your way every Sunday on YouTube and Spotify. And be sure to follow us on Instagram for all the latest updates. See you next time.